knows. Let's find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Today, we're going to talk about a couple of topics that are very near and dear to my heart because I've actually experienced some of the stuff we're going to discuss today with my guest. One of them was something I discovered all the way back in 1989 when I discovered I had a whole bunch of food intolerances. I'd never even heard of such a crazy thing. And I kind of discovered them when a friend of mine gave me a book I believe the name was The Yeast Connection, if I remember right. And <laughs> like most things in life, I kind of dove in head first. But I, I did learn, and I kind of figured it out over time. But we're going to tell you all today about a much easier way to, to discover some of the same information with my guest. And then the other information has to do with something that my guest's husband has experienced and the same thing I experienced about four years ago. And so you're going to learn about a whole bunch of interesting things. It's kind of cool because I actually, I actually know the things we're going to talk about today. But it's, it's very cool information. And the information we're going to discuss about food actually can have a huge impact on your life in ways you probably are going to have a hard time imagining, but I can tell you from my personal experience, it's life-changing in ways you can't even imagine. And actually, my guest Sharon Leah that I had on uh, about a month and a half ago uh, just had something posted on Facebook about this today. So I got to give her a sneak peek that there was going to be more information coming up tonight. So I would like to introduce my guest, Lana Nelson. Lana, it's great to have you with me today. It is totally fun to be here with you, Nikki. I think we're going to have a great time. I do, too. I do, too. And like I said, we're going to share some great information, uh, life-changing information, literally, that I'm looking forward to sharing with the listeners. And it's been interesting looking through the book and seeing the information. And the muscle testing brought back some interesting interesting. uh, memories from when I had that done and first learned about that. So I'm look, really looking forward to sharing that with the listeners. So let me let me give the, the listeners just a little bit of information about <laughs> First thing I found really interesting was that you're actually the mother of a blended family with 12 children, 33 grandchildren, and a great-grandson. I, I, you know, I can just picture the family events. I, I was figuring that's is that seriously like 60 people when y'all have like family events? You got it. They all have, uh, <laughs> all 12 of those uh, have spouses, okay? So that's 12 right? 12. And well, that's what I was thinking. The, you got it, girl. <laughs> it's awesome. We have actually, it's, it's kind of like been almost like the Home Alone movie where we took, right. um, when my husband and I, first got together it's like we have to get this family knowing each other he has six i have six we each had a couple uh, a a child that was married so we i i we were at disneyland and my husband and i were at disneyland for you know right across the street for a meeting and i said oh my goodness we have to bring all our kids here and he just looked at me and went "Uh uh-huh kind of with a question mark well, that Christmas we did. We brought all of us. 
Um, we have a great story about that. Our planes diverging and meeting and just barely missing, almost missing the flight and then running to, and we did. We took all of us at that time to Disneyland and we have done other great trips together and to get our family knowing each other. Well, you know, one, one of my favorite movies growing up was Yours, Mine, and Ours. And for some reason that came to mind when I heard about y'all. Yeah. <laughs> It is. We don't have an hours, but um, I have a funny story about that playing an April Fool's joke on him one time when I told him I was pregnant. So, <laughs> but no, we do have a lot of yours and mine, though. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Well, let me, let me give you all a little bit of information, and then we're going to dive right in because we have lots of interesting questions to talk about. Now, I think all of us have pain to some degree that we deal with. So pain is something that many people have just resigned themselves to and felt like they have to deal with. Now, over a decade ago, that's what Lana Nelson believed for herself. That is, until she intuitively discovered a solution to her pain that turned into her life's work. Diagnosed with a serious incurable illness and dealing with years of chronic pain, she was determined to find a cause and solution. After years of searching, trial and error, she discovered the solution was as close as her kitchen cabinets and refrigerator. It was food. Going from daily pain to living pain-free, Lana was determined to share her message near and far, which she has, teaching thousands of people every year how to heal themselves with food. Lana is more determined than ever to reach the masses with her message. She's the author of The Food Codes, Intuitive Eating for Every Body. So, like I said, I've I've found that the foods you eat make a huge difference. And I've, over the years, shared this with a lot of people I know. Some have listened, some have not, you know, which I'm sure you've had the same experience. And it just, the, the difference in how I feel and how my body reacts depending on the foods that I eat. And it doesn't have to be a major shift a lot of times. It can be, but just to feel somewhat better doesn't have to be a huge change. It it just it floored me. It really did. So I'm really hoping the listeners will listen and take notes. And, of course, at the end, we'd like them to, to get your book and just see what a difference it can make for them because it really, I mean, it made a humongous difference for me. I, I couldn't believe the difference I saw. Beautiful, Nikki. And that's so true. Truer words really were never spoken. You know, we grew up as children. When we were babies, we intuitively knew what to eat. We would, we would uh, push away food that we didn't like or when we had too much. And, but we, we've lost that, knowing right. what to eat as the older we've gotten, as we get out of our childhood. Uh, we kind of have that... Um, pushed out of us, I guess, or because of other foods have been pushed onto us, or our right. you know, parents just plain didn't know. Well, and and we've we've been told how much to eat, we've been told what to eat, when to eat, where to eat, you know. So whatever we were doing intuitively has been completely screwed up, you know. Or, yeah. or we've gone one too many all you can eat kind of things, you know. I, I don't go to those because usually I just I can't eat enough to feel like I've gotten my money's worth. <laughs> you know, <so. laughs> that's true. <laughs> but, you, know, you know, when they want 
you know, a, a certain amount of money for something, I'm like, can I eat that much? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what what do you think was the big turning point for you personally? Well, in my late uh, mid, actually, about mid-30s, I was in, I owned a dental lab, and uh, I was early morning delivering a set of dentures. And I was rear-ended by, there was a, a wreck up ahead of me, and I started to slow down, and there was a semi-truck that, was, uh, that slammed into the back of me. Um, and that led to a hospital head injury, shoulder in- injuries, and so on. And that led to a hospital ride, you know, an ambulance ride to the hospital, and 10 years of excruciating headaches and pain from the top of my head to the bottoms of my feet. It even hurt too. It felt like I was walking on rocks and my arms hurt really bad all the time. My back hurt really bad all the time. And so searching during this 10-year period, and this was before I met my husband, okay, uh, Dr. Bruce, whom I'll um, so during this period of time, I searched and went through the medical gamut, and uh, one of my neurologists said, you know, I think you should see a chiropractor for these headaches. We haven't been able to do anything for you, and so I did. I actually laughed to a friend of mine, and I said, you know what, I should marry a chiropractor. I'm seeing one three <laughs> times a week. <laughs> we just laughed, and then... During that period of time, I had started looking seriously at nutrition and food. And in the, in the early 90s, it was not cool to uh, juice. It is now. You know, people are juicing and yeah, so much. But I was really looking into what I could do to help myself get better. And I really did find it was as close as to my fridge. I, I started juicing. I started taking a lot of nutrition. And I started with chiropractic. And once, you know, that little giggle that my friend and I had, I actually met my husband, Dr. Bruce Nelson, on a blind date. And unbeknownst to us, we'd had people trying to get us together for five years, mutual <laughs> friends and family. But we, we got together on this blind date and found out, you know, we had a good laugh when we found people were trying to get us together. But he specialized in what I had, I had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is uh-huh. basically pain in the fibers of the muscles. And I've been told you just have to learn to manage the pain of it. And right. two weeks, two weeks, um, Nikki, after I met my husband, my, you know, to be husband, Dr. Bruce Nelson, um, he specialized in his chiropractic practice um, with nutrition and also using muscle testing, which you mentioned. And, right. he, and we found, anyway, two weeks later, I am totally out of pain. And that has been 20, almost 27 years ago. We just celebrated, well, in, this year will be our 26th wedding anniversary. So, so you, you I got found the answer. answer. Okay, so you, you found that right about the time I did then. Okay. Okay. Cool, because like I said, I, I started in all this about eighty about 1989. So, right, okay, right about the same time. Okay, 
scope. And at that time, people were going, now, I'm not sure if you should delve into this because, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, even yoga was weird back then. And it's not right. really accepted right now, too. Yeah, so we've had a lot of a paradigm shift. Right. We, we were just way ahead of our time. <laughs> yep, ma'am. <laughs> Hey, somebody had to lead the way. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. So, <laughs> that's so cool. Okay, so, so you and Dr. Bruce get together. And, yeah, I, I joked for years that I should marry a chiropractor, and then I worked for one and changed my mind completely. <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't the right one. <laughs> yeah, def definitely not. <laughs> he was a very good doctor, though. Yeah, but and I learned a lot about um, about chiropractic and and all kinds of cool things. So now, a few years ago, your life was turned completely upside down for you and Doctor Nelson. What what happened there? Well, he had uh, we had just the night before this event occurred, and it will be five years in about a, in a few days here. <laughs> five years ago, basically, we had. Uh, my three little grandsons, and I had picked them up uh, from, from their mom and dad's house, and we were going to have them for the weekend. And the night before, I'll just set the stage here. The night before this happened, I had taken my little grandsons down to the lake, and we had been skipping rocks and finding all this cool driftwood, and came home, and Grandpa, Grandpa Bruce, made them pancakes, and they were singing and just loving, you know, around the snack bar, loving Grandpa being really silly and flipping pancakes. So the next morning, very early in the morning, everybody's still sleeping, but uh, my husband and I, basically, he started making some really funny noises um, with, uh, and with his with his breathing and he had some bubbles starting coming out of his mouth and I'm going oh my gosh what is going on here um, I started doing CPR on him and fast forward uh, quite a long he uh, he well getting back to that it's still you know it still just brings back a lot of emotion to me but he actually was having a major brain aneurysm and had I not been by his side Everyone had told me that he wouldn't have made it, but they also said it was a miracle that he, he, he survived. So that event, I started doing CPR on him. I fumbled for the phone, and about the third or fourth attempt, I, I managed to dial the 911 correctly. And the uh, paramedics, one of my little grandsons uh, came to the door and saw he was a, the tiniest one, which he was only about five years old, four maybe at that time. And I said, go get Aiden, my oldest grandson. And I said, have Aiden, as I'm pumping, doing CPR, I said, go get Aiden and have him open the door and throw the door open. Because I knew this little guy couldn't even uh, open the, you know, get the lock on the door, unlatch. So right. Aiden came and then I said, Aiden, you get your brothers and go sit on the couch and just stay away from here. So I just kept pumping and pumping, and it seemed like forever until the paramedics got there. And to make that story a little shorter, uh, they took him to the hospital, and they said, there's nothing we can do here. So they life-flighted him to the major hospital in Seattle that dealt with this kind of situation. And going through a lot of trauma, two weeks in ICU of not knowing, you know, whether he was going to live or die, having um, some brain surgeries, 
and um, basically 45 days later, he walked out of the hospital. He had to learn to breathe again on his own. He had mm-hmm. to learn to walk and to talk and to manage his bowels. And during that period of time, we used food to help heal his body as well. So food was instrumental. And the methods I tell you and teach you how to use in my book with testing what kind of foods are best for you, we use for him in that hospital in that 45 days. So that, whew, that my life changed I, drama- dramatically at that point. Yes, and so did his. I, I understand that better than most of the people listening, and you, you know that because I've shared my story with you. You um, do. It's, um, I, mine, mine wasn't a brain aneurysm. It was a um, aortic aneurysm and an aortic dissection, life-changing It in flipping your world upside down may sound overdramatic, but it, no, it does. No, it's not. It really does. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. even begin to cover it. You know, if you haven't yeah. been through it before, it's something really hard to explain. Yeah. Well, it's it's very strange that we scheduled, because we scheduled this, what, about a month ago that we were going to do that this week? Yeah. And and I actually just got news last Monday that I'm having to go in for another surgery for another aneurysm. So. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah I do. <clears throat> actually, Bless several. Your heart. So um, yeah, it's um, it does it completely flips your world upside down. But yeah, every everything possible that you can do to help get yourself through that is. Um, you know, and, and you do. You go in there, and it can hit completely out of the blue. I mean, there was absolutely no reason for it. Doctors, to this, I mean, four years later, have no idea why. Um, so any anything you can do, you need to do that to help yourself to recuperate. Because the, the road back and the recuperation, it's a long, long, very difficult haul back. And yeah, uh, you're never yeah. quite the same kind of thing. Every, everything that you can find to help yourself and it's a new normal it is a very definite new normal for you your family your your spouse everybody it's very different it is it is i tell you what we have you know you go through these kind of traumatic situations and i'll tell you every one of our 12 children and they the hospital we live in montana the hospital uh, was in seattle which is a long ways away okay like three mm-hmm. states away and oh, every yeah. one of our 12 children came to that hospital to support me and my husband. Even one of our daughters who lived in South America and her husband. So that makes it was just—it was an yeah. amazing. It was a terrifying and yet amazing event for our family that we're still going through five years later, right. <laughs> as you know. Yeah. Definitely. Well, in, in initially, we're, we're having to push some things back because we're still doing some testing. But initially, when this airs, I was it was planned that I, I would have already had the surgery and I'd, I'd be in the hospital. Like I said, the, the timing for the show was, was very. When I looked at the schedule, I'm like, oh, that that's too bizarre that I had that scheduled. And I, like I said, we scheduled it a month out. Very very interesting timing. It's it's interesting in. In the book, you talk about one's relationship with food and say making food your friend. It's interesting. Normally, when somebody uses that phrase, it's in 
weight loss information. You know, make make food your friend. <laughs> so, uh-huh. how are you using that phrase in this connotation? Can you explain that to us some more? And and how in the world can we make food our friend? That is a great question. Thank you for asking that. You know, when I was when I was writing this book. I was in kind of in meditation one day, and I just realized, where are our relationships? Now, we've been talking about family relationships here, but what other kind of relationships do we have? And I immediately went back to our first relationship on this planet is with food, and that is with our inner, in the mother's womb. If a baby is not, if the mother doesn't have the proper nutrition in her body, the baby will take that nutrition from the mother. And as a baby is born, if that baby is lucky, it's put, it, it's put to the mother to suckle that, you know, sweet mother's milk. And so as we, we already have in our inner knower, so to speak, our inner being, we have this relationship with food and getting what we need from it. And so what happens with us is, I was talking a minute ago about that baby being fed. A baby will stop eating when it's full. It will cry or gimme, gimme when it's hungry. And so we have that innate reaction, action and reaction with food. That relationship is intact when we're born. And yet as we discussed, Nikki, as we're fed too much or we're fed the wrong kind of foods, you know, a little baby, if you're stuffing food in its mouth, it will just splatter it back at you like, enough. We lose that relationship with our own selves and food to know when we've had enough, to know exactly when we're hungry. And that doesn't it coincide always with breakfast, lunch, dinner, as we have been told. Right. That's when right. we should eat. <laughs> a little child will go, no, I, you can't make me eat. I'm not hungry. So that's that relationship. So we have abused and been taught to abuse our relationship with food. So my book is really, it's about foods. It's getting to know what your best foods are right now and the foods you should stay away from. You know, mix what other people have told you. But it's about getting that relationship back, remembering. And even in my book, I teach you to be able to know and actually test through that muscle testing you mentioned, test when I'm full, and then test when I'm hungry. So does that make sense, Nikki? It does. It does, yeah. And to be able to have and to reform that wonderful relationship with food, if you think about this, um, there was a study done of um, like chocolate cake and Most of the Western society, uh, you know, people who were polled said uh, this is guilt or shame or something like that, eating chocolate cake. In France, it was like party, celebrate those word associations with chocolate cake. So getting getting ourselves back to that relationship where we don't judge food anymore. When you're sitting down with your best friend. I mean, are you are you saying, oh, I, I don't like the way you're, you know, you're holding your mouth or or I think you're a little too thin or I think you're a little too heavy. No, you're not judging her or him. You're sitting there going, ah, oh, it's such a joy. 
And and I and everyone needs to have that relationship back with food. That's my feeling. Interesting. And that, well, that's, that's what I'm teaching. Too much judgment in this country about a lot of things. So true that. <laughs> <laughs> I think people need to worry about them on their own selves, but that's a whole other show. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I hadn't I hadn't thought about it, but what what you said too about you know when when we're really young, we do eat more intuitively. You know, we we know what we like. That's what we reach for. When we're finished, we're finished. When we're hungry, we're hungry. And we do mold our eating in a whole different way as we grow up. I just hadn't yeah. looked at it that way, but. That's interesting. And it's more like we're we're eating what we're told we should and when we should and where we should and all that kind of stuff. That's just, that's interesting. Okay. All right. I'll have to think about and that. And still now, Nikki, as adults, okay? I, I imagine most of your listeners are adults with, right. uh, you know, eat this, it's good for you. No, no, no. Well, look at the, look at some of the associations. Look at... At, you know, when we were, uh, you know, many years ago, we said, oh, fat is bad for you. Stop. I remember my father having a heart attack. Um, and th- they said, no fats for you. Absolutely no fat. Absolutely no, no, no salt. And so keep, off of, keep away of all fats. And then the um, research came out, oh, well, these are the good fats. These are fats that are right. good for you. Now, when, at that point in time when my dad has, had his heart attack, coconut oil is like, no, 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 stay away from that kind of stuff. Stay away from butter. Do margarine. And now the research is coming out. Well, coconut oil is your best thing. And then there's another research that comes out. Oh, no, no, don't eat that. So there's going to be a study on this is a good food for you. Oh, no, no, it's a bad food for you. So with intuitive eating, you can learn what is good for you right now. And learning the method I teach you, it's super simple in this book. So you can know really what foods are good for you, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Well, and that's, that's what I liked about the muscle testing. And I actually, when I had mine done, I took my brother. I said, if you'll show up, I'll pay for you to have it done. So get over here. <laughs> you know? And what, what I liked was that it's 100% customized. You are personally tested for exactly what's right and wrong for you. has nothing to do with anybody else. You're not, I mean, you're not getting like, you know, Weight Watchers or Curves or whoever the heck. It's, it's your body, what's right for you. That's what I like because I am, I am so not a one-size-fits-all kind of person. You know, I mean, being, being 6'1", there, there is no one-size-fits-all for me. You know, so I oh, like so customized for, for you, you know. Um, it just, I, I really, really like that approach, period, you know, and whatever. It's, it's, there, it just, I, that's, that's the way I like to do things, you know, make it customized, you know, and, and I always do that with people. I mean, each and every one of us is an individual and it ought to be customized for that person. So I, that's, that was one of the things I really, really like. Beautiful. Well, do you want to know how I came to that? Um, and how I discovered this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I mentioned when uh, that I'd had, I owned a dental lab, and I 
you know, worked in the dental industry for many years. Then after I met my husband, Dr. Bruce, I still kept my dental lab for about six years, um, and, but I also worked in, with him in his, in his office, and he taught me how to do the muscle testing. And he was working with very ill people from all around the country, mostly in the U.S. and Canada, but some from other countries uh, would come to him for fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, or you name it, any illness, because it, um, they hadn't been able to get the help they needed elsewhere. But as he's working with people with these, with these problems, and I said, you know, food needs to be part of this. So I developed what I call now the food codes. But I developed and I, I worked with each one of his patients and tested, just like you're mentioning with your brother, I tested right. what were their perfect foods for, um, you know, for their, that they needed at this time to help recover or get out of pain or sometimes, um, you know, reduce weight or gain weight, okay? So what were their perfect foods? So that is where the, uh, the book started many years ago. And then I, I took, here's what I did. I took, a men- so when I decided to write a book, and I had people keep saying, oh, you need to write a book about this. You need to, <laughs> to write a book. Because I really couldn't personally test everyone on the planet, okay? So I took... A stu- I, I took a group of many food plans that I had done, and I took the top foods from those. Okay, these were to put in the diet plan. These are your best foods for, for eating your way out of pain. And then the bottom, the foods that, you know, most people, the majority of people to stay away from. I made another list of those. So I actually formulated like a two-week diet. Eat these foods and don't eat those foods. Well, what I learned after about two months of my husband and myself using this specifically, I had the, you know, the foods on our refrigerator, and so we were both eating the same foods. He soared with this plan, okay, the foods on that plan. I got sick. I actually developed some blisters around my mouth. I lost energy because those were not my best foods. They actually mostly were his best foods. So then I decided, oh my gosh, I cannot put anything out there. It's just like any other diet. Some, some uh, diets are good for some people, and then they're not good for another people or a person, I'm sorry. Or they might work for you at this point in your life and not that point. Right. Different seasons right. will change. So that is the, the roots of this book coming out to teach you how to do it yourself how to test for yourself, even your pets, your beloved pets, like your sweet little muse. You can test uh, what foods your pets or your animals need. So that's where this, my book came from. That's the beginnings in a kind of a nutshell. Interesting. Well, I, I knew how to do muscle testing on other people, but not on myself. So I, I, yeah. I was like, ooh, this is cool. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I got I to tell you the coolest thing, because the, the person that I went to that was doing the muscle testing, is scrawny, scrawny little person, right? Scrawny little person. Uh-huh. And my brother's about 6'3", and big built person, right? And, and seeing him do the muscle testing and my brother not being able to resist him, Absolutely hilarious. Just hilarious. I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> so. It is so true because your subconscious 
So with the muscle testing, your brain or your subconscious mind is actually like a binary computer. It will give you a yes answer, a no answer. So you can ask a question. You could say, oh, my name is Betty, and if your name is Betty, your muscle will remain strong. You can say, you know, Betty can, you can say, my name is is." Uh, Bob and the muscle, no way will the muscle remain strong. Even if you have a tiny little scrawny person doing the testing, nope, you can't resist. So that is how to access that inner knowing that knows exactly what foods are good for you right now. Yeah. Very fun. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was too funny. The one that works best for me testing myself is taking my thumb and first finger and interlocking them uh-huh. and, and trying to pull them apart. That's the one that's worth the best memory at the moment. So Perfect. But Perfect. But, I love that. Yeah. Because I, I ran through all of them, but that seems to be the one that works the best for me. Yeah. Uh, like, when, when you're doing muscle testing, um, try different methods. You'll find one that works best for you at first right. and stick with that. And then eventually you'll probably be able to use other ones. Yeah, yeah. The other ones worked. worked all, everything worked to some degree. That just seemed to work. The, I, had, I got the strongest reaction from that one. So Perfect. Perfect. That was cool. <laughs> I, I like testing. I like, I like seeing, seeing how different things work. <laughs> so, now, you can use muscle testing to also test your supplements and as well as foods. And what type right. of exercise is best for me now, whether it's a nap or whether it's jogging. I saw that. I saw that. I was looking at, you know, all the different questions that you've got to ask. I'm like, wow, I never thought about it doing it that way. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> just foods and supplements, and, and I think they even tested for magnets. And I mean, there was all kinds of interesting things they tested me for. Yeah. But, and I'm still, I've still got my paper from mine. So that was, uh, it was just, it was interesting. How can we explain to the listeners how you test if a food is good or not good for them because they're probably thinking what the heck are these people talking about (laughs) all right (laughs) well i i think it's on page 80 or 88 one uh, in one of the pages in my book i actually give you a link to um a list of its whole foods basically because right. and you can also learn to test when what food are, is good for me on a menu or when you're shopping, you know, a can or box food, uh, if that's good for you or not. But a list of whole foods. So let's imagine you have a list of foods in front of you, and I give you that list. And let's say you're going through the vegetables category, and you, with testing yourself using that ring, you know, the two fingers put together, the finger and thumb, and you can actually go through the, like the fruits and say, uh, is apple my best food for me right now? And it's a yes or a no. So you get a strong yes or a weak no. And then going through, you know, are oranges the best for me right now? Yes or no. So you can go through the whole list and you can test that. And is, is this a really good food for me at this time? You can test if it's a, a good for you or bad for you. So is this a food I, I need to eat like once a week? You can, you can do all sorts of, ask all sorts of questions, but does that kind of answer your question how you would test foods? 
You only have to say it because when when I originally did it, you actually held a sample of what it was, and actually okay. made a circle. It, it was it was more involved. So only all I have to do is say okay. what it is. Is well, that right? You know, Einstein, yes, ma'am. You can think it too. You don't even have to say it. Einstein said, and I'm I'm going to slaughter this co- this quote, but okay. um, make things. The simplest as you can and no simpler, okay? So whatever that quote is from Einstein. But making this very simple from having to hold the food and have it there to actually thinking about it because your subconscious knows the frequency of it. Your subconscious knows, should I eat this organic or non-organic, whatever. And um, so you do not have to hold it, just thinking about it, and you don't have to say it. You may also, if someone is, let's say, you and your brother, like you mentioned, uh, you, uh-huh. you, make it, you can hold your arm out to the side, uh, right. and he can press down, and is this a good food for you, and it's a yes or a no, or there's different methods that I show you in uh, the book on how to use it. But you can, another, you can test another person, and let's say if you have a, your, your kitty there, you can test yourself for the kitty. Is, is this um, ABC cat food the best food for you right now? Yes or no? Would, you, would your body rather eat this food? Yes or no? So does that make sense? Did I explain that okay? Yeah, I, I I like the part where where it's a big strong person and and you have a weak person testing them and you do the whole holding the arm out thing just because it's so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, here's a hard headed an example for you. My my mother in law, my husband's mom, a sweet little. Uh, she was seventy when I first met her when we got married, and she told me this this story about um, her son in law. Brigham, who actually was uh, a bodybuilder and had won, and I, I mentioned this in my book, and he had won awards for strength and bodybuilding in California, Mr. California something or other. But anyway, so she was talking to him about muscle testing. And so he's a very, very strong man. She's a little tiny older woman. And he goes, I don't know about that. So she said, say my name is Brigham. And she tried pushing down on his arm. And she said she could have done chin-ups if she could have on his right. arm. But when he said another name, he could not he – he was just weak as a lamb. <laughs> and he kept saying, how do you do that? How do you do that? And he did become a believer. So it's kind of fun sometimes. Great <laughs> way to see somebody's lying to you, too. <laughs> so. That's true too. I won't even get into that with kids raising them <laughs> and growing up. <laughs> so, tell us about the recipe section in the book. It's not your typical recipe section. Thanks for asking that as well. Now, um, when I was uh, working on this plan, and what I noticed with our patients is they'd go, well, I have a recipe for soup, but only like three of the ingredients are on my food plan. And so what I did was develop, and I give you some really good examples. I give you some charts. I give you flavor charts on using on how to make, let's just take soup as an example. So let's say you, um, you, some of your best ingredients for soup, and you're used to making a stew, but potatoes aren't checking good for you right now. So test how many parts 
of vegetables, how many parts of a protein, or how many parts of liquid. So in parts, let, let's say one part is a cup. So for this soup, you would use six cups or six parts of liquid, and you could use a broth or you could even just use simply water. And then maybe three parts of a vegetable, you could put some, you know, you could put three of your really good vegetables in there. You could put a, a carrot. You could put any other types of vegetable. And you could use some celery. Yeah, you could use some sweet potatoes. You could use a protein. You could put some beans, some legumes of some kind, or maybe chicken or beef. And so using the recipe templates, I teach you how to use your foods and, and create a recipe really simply because I in the recipe section, I've made it for people if you've never even boiled water before, okay? So someone who's never cooked to someone who is a fantastic cook, then you could convert your own family recipe. But I also teach you how to do this not only for just you, but to use it with a family. I give you some examples of um, a couple of families and how they use it and, and some of their recipes that they've created um, to use. And for instance, a family, and you have one person who needs to eat a lot of protein, one person who doesn't should eat mostly vegetables and, and doesn't need this or that. You can make, let's say, a soup and then the added ingredients to that. You can make your basic vegetable soup with something that, you know, re really is pretty good for most everybody. Um, and then you could add in, say, one person is more of a vegetarian or a vegan. You have your protein. You have a, a, a chicken on the side that that person can add in. Or Now, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. A, a salad bar is also a really super good option because not only is it delicious, um, that you can have all sorts. You can have lots of little dishes of food. But I teach you and show you how to do that in the recipe section. And it's very, very simple. And in the, in the templates, I teach you, um, like I said, how to make, uh, make your recipe into Asian recipe or how you can simply, that same template, you can use it to make it Italian or something else. Cool. I hope that makes some sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I was looking at that, and I'm like, okay, wait a second. Something's different here. <laughs> so, because but. that way you can use your foods and other people's foods, and the, the recipe templates are, it's getting back to basically the way grandma used to cook. Right. That's how people used to cook. A handful of this, a pinch of that, and getting back to basics. It's very basic. Yeah, that's very much the way I cook. Well, and I downloaded I downloaded the list. I wanted to see what it looked like. And it's it's like what, fourteen pages, thirteen, fourteen pages long, I think. And you've got it broken up by the type of food, like fruits, vegetables, you've even got an entire section of like peppers and onions and and um juices and milks. So I mean she she's gotta separate the way she's talking about it in the recipes. So you can actually go under there and look and see what you have in each one of those categories if you need a variety of something. So it's, it's and then, so as you're doing your testing, you test and see what's right for you. And then you can keep that. I mean, I, I still, I had my testing done well over 20 years ago and I, I still have my results. So, 
Uh-huh. Of course, now I have a new list to go by. <laughs> so, <laughs> and certainly need well, to redo mine. And, and sometimes uh, with the seasons, let's say you, even if you, you live in a climate that your body is not seasonally changing, um, you know, this is, the seasons aren't defined, um, this will happen to you. Uh, and different stress levels your foods will change. And you can almost test it or time it. You know, in summertime, it's, it's um, in a lot of countries, it's, it's hot, and your, your body doesn't require as much food. You, and so you're, you're craving salads and watery vegetables and fruits and foods and so on. And then it goes into the, the colder season, um, and you're, you're craving more dense, warm, and solid foods. And as we're all dealing with stress daily. Now, an illness is stress. You can test um, what do I need to, the cold that I have right now, what, what foods are best for me to help me get through this and heal right. faster? So there's a lot of different ways you can use this to test. And because your, bodies are, your body is ever interfacing and changing energetically with our environment. Right. Makes good sense. Well, we need we need different things at different times. So yeah, we do. Definitely. So what what other kinds of things have we not mentioned that people will find in the food codes? Well, I do give you um, I give you some really uh, this is interesting because you can use muscle testing. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit before, to and I'll tell you I'll give you one example. So getting back to that original relationship with knowing when my body was full, I did an experiment with myself. I made myself a cup of soup, and I sat down, and I, bite by bite, I was sitting very quietly, and bite by bite, I was trying to test when I knew, when I was full with this cup. All of a sudden, and I had about uh, just a little bit of cup, a few sips left in the cup of soup. And all of a sudden, as I'm eating, it was like a lock and a click. And that inner knower in my body went, I'm full. And I looked down at my cup, and I thought, you know, normally, I, well, there's just a couple of sips left here. I could, I could finish eating that. And my inner knower, my body said, I'm full. I got up. And I dumped it down the disposal. And let me tell you, Nikki, it was freeing. It was yes. like, almost like, yay! <laughs> so uh, I'll eat, let's say, on a scale of 1 to 10, you can test how full am I right now as you're going through with eating. And my body particularly likes to stop at about a 5 or a 6. It feels really good. I've had enough. And, you know, as Usually that satiety level doesn't, with, us, with our knower, you know, it doesn't kick in until we're too full. So right. then we've eaten this meal and we're too full and we feel miserable for a while. And our body doesn't like that. So knowing when you're full. And then another time, um, you go going to the refrigerator and it's like, what am I doing here? It's the third time in an hour. I'm just looking in the fridge. Am I really hungry? And you can right. test, am I hungry or is this something else? Maybe I'm thirsty or maybe I'm just having a bad day and I need a distraction, you know. So I teach you how to do that in the book, testing, um, how to know when you're hungry, how to know when you're full. And I also give you some really uh, cool tips on 
I'm afraid to cook, what I don't like to cook, or whatever, um, to to help clear yourself from emotions. And um, I teach you how to shop. Okay, I have a section of teaching you how to shop for your groceries, and there's even a downloadable shopping list that um, it's blank, but you can you know write out what the what your best foods are but teach you how to go into a group because so many people don't have the time. I don't cook and I don't eat at home because I don't have time. Yes, you do. You have, you can cook a meal in less time than the pizza delivery person can get there, but you have to have your foods and sometimes prep ahead. But I teach you how to use your testing and test yourself personally unobtrusively that nobody even knows um, to go shopping. Um, because you could, it, this is like, are the organic or apples in this aisle best for me? Are these apples over next to them best for me? What, what am I? There's a lot of apples here, so you can actually test, uh, use your testing to go down the shopping aisle and very quickly know what to get. Uh, for instance, uh, my husband uh, had a cold. I think he was kind of sick, and I did. And as I was writing this book. I thought, let's see how long it takes me to go to the grocery store and find what he needs on the shelf. I was in and out of that store in just about six minutes. So I can zip through, and it was a small grocery store too. It was, you know, average size for a small town. But you can shop. I teach you in here how to shop. And then also how if you're eating out, you can test what's my best food. Is it on this page? Is it in the salads area? Is it in the soups area? So I teach you how to test how you can actually eat out more healthy. Yeah, so that. That's, yeah. So that, those are some of the other things that we haven't mentioned. Very cool. All kinds of little tips in there. Speaking of tips, what are three short tips of advice that you would give to help anybody eat more intuitively? Uh, one of my mottos is, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I know this is bad for me. If you really want to eat something, bless, do your best and bless the rest is what I say. Deprivation is one thing. If you're just really wanting a piece of chocolate cake and it's not one of your better foods, I mean, give thanks for it. Just say, I really do want this right now. And then eat a little bit of it. You'll find you're satisfied more then sneaking it and going and eating it by yourself, you know, eat in the open, eat with, eat with people, but do your best with food. And it's all about relationships. Do your best and bless the rest. So give gratitude, a prayer uh, before eating. So I'd say to do that. And get to know your relationship with food. Stop eating when you're full. Know when you're hungry. So those are some of my tips that I would I would really give. And learn the testing because it really is very easy. Very true. Very true. Well, and you know, it seems like it seems like so many people eat way past when they're full. And well, and I was thinking too when you were talking about, you know, Knowing when you're full and stopping, even if your plate's not empty. And it would seem like mm-hmm. if you do that enough, you might even train yourself to put less on the plate to start with. 
What do you yes, think? You'll find that is very, very true. And I'm still working at myself with that because it's like, oh, my eyes are hungry. This looks good. I'm feeling really hungry right now. But I do stop, and it's okay to not continue to eat that plate. So, And sometimes you'll be hungrier than others. Some days your body will not want to eat much food. Some days your body will want to eat a lot of food. Okay? It just depends on what's going on in your life. So some days you're hungrier than others. Some days it's like, no, I really don't feel very hungry today. Right. And that's okay. And that's the way our body is made for us to eat when you're hungry and not eat when you're not hungry. (laughs) And it takes practice. It does take practice, okay? So getting back to that wonderful, happy, loving, kind relationship with your food and body and being kind to your body is a practice. So it's a journey. Do you think, too, that it's being more aware when we're eating? Oh, sure. A lot of times we are, um, and do this. When you take a bite of food, and, you know, just because it's being served, say to yourself, do I really like this? Take a few bites as you're chewing. Do I like the flavor? Do I like the texture? What is it about I I do like? I've found, actually, there are foods that I have been eating all my life that were good for me, so to speak, that I really don't like the flavor of that. And I don't really eat it. Yeah. So um, find out if you really like it. And also, slow down. For instance, a piece of chocolate. Put a piece of chocolate in your mouth or a strawberry. Could be either one. And then slowly chew it, taste it, feel it, and notice the different flavors that kind of happen in your mouth as you're chewing, swallowing. It's pretty interesting what you'll notice. Right. It's pretty fun, too. That with a good friend, getting to know them better, is making your friend relationship more enriching. And that can be with food as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in, in especially when you're out, eating somewhere how often do you see and people are just shoveling in food and they're they're on their phone and they're they're or they're at a bar and they're watching the tv they're not paying any attention they're not really tasting the food you know and it's it's like they're they're not aware and it's just calorie after calorie after calorie and they're not they're not actually eating and tasting and experiencing the food but all those calories are going in and you're like wow (laughs) you know yes well, with, uh, with the food codes, it teaches you to not count the calories anymore. So something that, you know, you may be craving, your body may be needing, may have a lot of calories at the time. Right. So eat, eat when you're hungry, stop eating when you're full. So that having to count calories or carbs or, or things like that, that kind of goes out the window too. But Conscious eating, and there's a lot of, of, um, That's it, a conscious lot of people eating. teaching conscious eating these days. And we're not conscious in, our, in most of our relationships. We're just too busy. Right. But slowing down, tasting eating, you'll get so much more enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. Food is really a wonderful thing. Don't eat if it doesn't taste good, really. And yeah. it's not satisfying. 
yeah, I, wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Agreed. It can be a wonderful thing. You might as well enjoy it. But yeah, yeah I just, wow. I don't know. So besides being an author, you also consult with people and you're a keynote speaker. So if you had to choose between consulting or speaking, which one would you pick? Uh, it would be teaching and speaking. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's that, and it's the reason why, really, and I do love, I consult one-on-one -on -one with people every single day, um, most of the week. I do have a, a really full schedule, but, and I love working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And yet, my message to get out to people is like speaking here with you, and I don't know how many, you know, where this, this will generate, the ripples of this going out. But I love speaking. I love speaking to a small group or even to a crowd. Um, I spoke to several hundred at one time, and I do love that. I love just being on stage. I'm a singer and an actor as well, so one of my things is I love to be on stage. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's why I was, I was looking at all the different ways to, you know, when I finished my coaching training and, and got my certification, I was looking for all the different ways that I could possibly get the message out and, and to share information and that sort of thing. And that's why I've put so much of my focus on the radio show and building it up. And actually, September will be six years I've been on the air. And wow. it's because that's by far my, my biggest reach is through the show. You know, so that, that's been my biggest focus. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. Speaking of which, how can people reach you? They can actually go to the food codes, plural, thefoodcodes.com. I have a beautiful website. I have a really wonderful blog. You can get a lot of information there. You can purchase my book through the website, or you can go to amazon.com and just look for the food codes, plural, uh, or Lana Nelson. And so you can, you can find me there, but you can go to my website and truly enjoy. I get a lot of compliments on my website, so that's where you can find me. <laughs> Always nice when you get compliments on your websites. All right. Well, I hope that the listeners have gotten lots of good information. And like I said, I, I love it when I can share things that, that I know about. <laughs> this is <good>. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. So we'll have we'll have a replay of today's show, and I'll have links to. Um, Lana's website, her Facebook page, her Twitter page, and her email address. A uh, link to the book, and um, I, you never know. I might even come up with something else. Who knows? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, and like I said, replay to the show. And if you go to my website, that'll be at readyforloveradio.com slash foodcodes with an S. <laughs> so, so, Lana, thanks for being with me today. Nick, it's, it's, it's a true joy to be with you and bless you on your journey with, with foods and your healing. You're amazing. You're totally amazing, lady. <laughs> well, thank, thank you very much. And like I said, I've, I've, uh, I know quite a bit of what you're talking about, but, but you, you've tapped into new areas I haven't discovered yet. So I'm looking forward to, um, to taking this with me and learning more about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm packing for the... The, the stay at the hospital. So I think I'm taking this with me too. So, okay. all right, listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.